This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Thanks so much for clicking on this brand new episode of the show. We're at episode 123 already. Holy goodness me. That's a lot of shows. Thanks so much for listening. And I won't let's, uh, let's get started. If it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. My name is Andrew Gerza. I am your disabled dicksmith, your disabled dreamboat, your disability awareness consultant, and crippled content creator, and I create this show all about sex and disability. And the goal of this show is to have conversations around sexuality and disability we're not really having, and have to have real conversations with real people. And so, thank you for clicking, and I hope you like the show. Couple things I want to let you know. One big thing that I've been really thinking about and doing with Disability After Dark is I want to do a proper speaking tour. I want to come out to your events. I want to come out and be kind of do a whole tour around all the things we talk about in the podcast. And so I'm thinking about calling it the Shine a Bright Light Tour because the whole the whole tagline of the show is called Shine a Bright Light on Sex and Disability. So I figured that we could call it the Shine a Bright Light Tour and talk about sex and disability. It's just an idea that I've had. I want to come to schools. I want to come to your events. I want to be available via Skype. I want to do all those things. So if you want to have me come speak or want to have me come as a guest or or are looking for a speaker, let me know because I really want to get this tour going. If anybody knows how to put a tour together, I've never done anything like this, but I really want to I really want to make the Disability After Dark brand pop, and I want it to be something we all have access to, and I want to bring this podcast to you in person. So if anybody wants to help with that and has any ideas how to make that go big and wider, let me know. Big and wider, hey? But uh, that that's just an idea that I had, and I wanted to throw that out there. Friends, over the last few days, I have gotten a huge influx in Patreon supporters for Disability After Dark, and I can't thank you enough for putting your hard-earned dollars down to give me money to make this show go. It means the world that you would listen to this show, and then you you've li- you liked it so much you put money down. That's freaking awesome. I can't. I, I really appreciate that because I know many of us who listen are marginalized and don't have don't have a lot of money to put down. <coughs> as I choke on something, sorry. Don't have a lot of money to put down to pledge. So I am so thankful. And as a big thank you to you, if you pledge $1 a month, you get to hear me send a hilariously suggestive pun to you over the air. And that's what I'm going to do now with the people who have pledged. So, first, I want to thank Oscar Oscar Olald, who pledged $1 a month. Thank you. You have olayled yourself into my good graces, friend. And then we have a $5 pledge from Kenneth Conan, who will be a guest on the show very soon. He is a brand new quadriplegic porn star. You may have seen his stuff blowing up all over the internet. He will be a guest of mine very soon. Kenneth Conan, thank you for pledging $5 a month for being an awesome person and for doing what you do. Thank you for supporting a show like this. Next, we have a $1 pledge from Alex Bonarigo. You are a bunny awesome person. I don't, I couldn't make a, uh, I couldn't make uh, a pun out of that. But Alex, you are amazing. Thank you for your $1 a month pledge. 
Then we have another $1 a month pledge from Sarah Luterman, who I've seen all over Twitter doing a lot of cool disability activism. You should definitely look them up. They are great. I can't remember their Twitter handle right now, but they're on Twitter. I think I think it's S. Luterman on Twitter, Sluterman with like two O's. Um, but Sarah, thank you for that. That's amazing. The next $1 pledge comes from Asha Maria. Or Asha, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Asha. Asha, Asha, I hope I said that right. Thank you for your $1 pledge. You're awesome. Um, then we have Ashley Robertson, who also pledged $1 a month. And Ashley, thank you so much. I love the name Ashley. It's a great name. You are amazing. Thank you all for those of you who pledge. And when you do pledge $1 a month at patreon.com slash triple content, you will get early episodes, early early access to episodes, uh, bonus content early, all those things early before the rest of the people on the feed will get it. You'll get it first. So that's the, the one main thing that I'm offering right now. And when I have certain guests on, we'll also be doing a video interview, which I will put on the feed just for the Patreons. So that's some of the perks that you get for supporting the show and helping to shine a bright light on sex and disability. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's get to the awesomeness of today's show. This one is really great, and I recorded this back in December. I was contacted by a new listener of the show who said, I have a story to tell that I want to come on your show. And I was like, sure, tell me more. So I sent them my form that I sent out to all the guests, and I said, write down your story. And they wrote me a whole bunch of things about their experiences with relationships, being a woman with CP, being a single mom with CP, trying to be kinky with CP, Um, And so the guest I have on today's show, her name is Roxy. She's out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And we just have a really simple, fun chat all about kind of her experiences being a single mom with CP, being a woman with CP, trying to navigate sexuality. One of the things I really appreciated in this talk is that we talk about how she married the first person that paid her any attention. And I felt that was important to highlight in the episode because it speaks to how many of us with disabilities will fall over the first person who pays us love, even if it's not healthy or safe for us to do so. And I really wanted to have that conversation. So it was a really interesting and important conversation that we had. We also talk about some of her kinks, her um, kind of opening up her relationships after her divorce, Um, dealing with internalized body ableism, all those things come out. It was a really important, fun interview. Also, she'd only been listening to the show at that point for three weeks, and that was really, it was really nice to know that that the show had inspired her so much to change her life, and she talks a little bit about that and how how the show makes her feel about her body now, and that's, that was something really cool to hear. Um, So I'm not going to ramble on anymore, but this is my interview with Roxy right now on Disability After Dark. Roxy, hello. Hi. Hi. I. It's really nice to have you on Disability After Dark. Um, it is so nice to be here. It's such a pleasure because you, <laughs> you're a fan of the show, and that's kind of how we connected. Yes, so I am. That's, I've just, been I've been binging on your show for the last couple of weeks. Oh, it's, that's so nice to hear. And <laughs> uh, we'll talk about a little bit later about how how we connected because it was yeah. It was a, pretty awesome story but it's so nice to like sit and talk with a fan about have a fan become like a a guest it's really really cool um so hi so you your name is roxy and you have cp so i'm immediately want to be your best friend because awesome let's be best friends (laughs) because people with cp need to stick together y'all yes you're actually the first person that i meet like in 33 years what no way. Yes, yeah, way. I'm the first person with CP that you've ever met in your life. Wait, hang on. Yes. No. Yes. But you... <laughs> my mind is fucking blown right now. What? Okay. Um, that's... No way. Really? I'm telling you. We're everywhere. <sighs> it's one of the most like, common disabilities out there right now. Like, I, I had... 
in junior college, there was a teacher and a counselor that were wheelchair users, but I don't actually know what their disabilities were. So they might have been, but like... <laughs> but you, you can't be like, hey, tell me what your disability is, because it's weird. Yeah, so, like, so yeah. I don't, yeah. That I know of, you're the first person that I, I actually... I feel so honored, and I feel like <laughs> so much responsibility right now to be, <laughs> to like, represent all of us, because... Well... I've been one all my life as well, so it's fine. <laughs> and you know, I was looking over your, I was looking over your profile just like five minutes ago, and I texted you to be like, "We have the same birthday." Yeah. Um That's kind of awesome. So, yeah. like, it's obviously kismet and fate that we're talking right now because yeah. Yeah. absolutely, the stars have aligned. We need to become yeah. best friends. Um, yeah. So you have, you have the the cool kind of CP that I can't the hemi what did you how did you say? uh hemiparesis that's right so it's like because well it's it's funny because um most of my life I was told that it was hemiplegia but then um I was maybe in my 20s and a doctor told when I told them what what I had they looked at me and they said no 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 <laughs> you have it's hemiparesis because it's a partial paralysis. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you like, for telling okay, me about my body. I still have you CP. It's fine. Yeah, great. Um, so, so, and for you, that, that manifests, like, so you're not a wheelchair user. You, no. you And you, you talk about in the questionnaire that I sent, that I sent out to all the guests, I, you wrote, like, how you kind of are dealing with the you know feeling conventionally attractive and not knowing how to manage all that and like not knowing how to how that kind of makes you feel out of place because you have the privilege of being able to pass uh as like non-disabled if someone didn't if someone looked at you straight on like they couldn't tell you had a disability like i'm looking at you right now and yes you're sitting but but like there's no markers to to see you and see you're disabled. Whereas if you look at me right now, you can tell like right away that there's a disability happening. Um, so you like tell me what it's what it's like to to be disabled and, and to to be considered by a community as conventionally attractive, but not really knowing how to manage all that. Okay, so what what happens is that um, I have a partial paralysis on the left side of my body, and it's I most of the time I walk with a, a limp, um, but I guess I probably look like I I I uh, um, um, like I hurt my ankle or something like. Most of the time, like, I often get people asking me, oh, did you hurt your leg? So, like, they can't tell right away, okay, like, she has um, a paralysis or something. So it's not as pronounced, because I have some friends with, like, similar types of CP where they look, people say, oh, you look drunk all the time. Is it? No. No, I, I pretty much, I probably just look like, uh, yeah, I twisted my ankle or something all the time. So, uh, and and sometimes it's more pronounced than, than others, like, well, you know how it is when it's cold or you're nervous or you felt, feel self-conscious. Or you have any emotions, like, oh. yeah, if you're having any emotions whatsoever, your, <laughs> your, your CP comes up. Yeah, and the spasms, you know, all about those. So, um, so yeah, and so... Most people can't really tell, and then, but then um, I do have like atrophied muscles and, and so on. So, so like, if if I get to the point where like someone sees me naked, I get really <laughs> self-conscious about that because then then you can tell because I have like uh, surgical scars and then the the, the atrophied muscles and so on. So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was a late bloomer, but I, I am I am pretty as fuck. So <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty good looking, and I so, love how like brazen you are about that. You're like, I'm super good looking. Look at me, I'm best. Hey, I am hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I. Also, the title for this episode might be, I'm pretty good looking. 
<laughs> well, you know, I had I had really um, really bad uh, self esteem growing up, so now I'm like, yes, I am pretty, and you know, whatever. <laughs> I own it. You know. I think that's I think that's super awesome. Do you think your like your owning it is does your disability play a role in that? Probably, it helps, and. Um, I think so. It, it's it's a self esteem thing, you know. We, I just, um, I think I've been listening to your show. I've been realizing that I've spent the, my entire life trying to not be disabled or, or, or fit into the the mold and be like everybody else, and that's really affected my self esteem. So I think looking at myself in the mirror and saying, hey, like, I actually am pretty. Like, it really helps. <laughs> well, you it are. Really you are. That. Oh, thank you. Even though it's winter and you're totally rocking, like, a, like audience, you can't see, but Roxy's rocking like a turtleneck right now. Like yes, a, like and, a, like, I have the messy, the messy um, ponytail and you no makeup. Like, and you're in, like a, you're in, like, a mom recliner right now. Like, you're just yes, living your absolutely. best mom CP life. I'm all about it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, you, and, you, you know, you also talk about feeling, like, weird and out of place. So, like, so, like, how, so, looking at yourself in the mirror every day is, like, a, like affirmation for you where you're, like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. I have CP and I'm, like dealing with it I again I think I I'm starting to work on accepting my disabled identity I can uh, help you so much <laughs> because I I always like until I started listening to your show basically I spent my entire life pretending that I wasn't Hang on, so are you saying my little show that, like, <laughs> that I think that no one listens to is, like, change your, your whole, wow, my heart just swelled, like, a million times, so awesome. Andrew, my friend, your show has been changing my life. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> I am serious. I sort of knew this because you sent me some emails telling me this before, but to hear this, like, on the air, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome because I do it for my yeah. little place in Toronto, and I like I put out episodes. I'm like, all right, well that was okay. Like, like somebody will listen, and sure. And to know that it's impacting someone in this way, where they can like to know that my silly little show about like sex and disability that is that I'm never sure is good enough, and I have like imposter syndrome every other day about like, yeah. is it good? Is it worth it? To know that it like had that impact on you is a huge yeah. like. Like, thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> so awesome. Um, I don't know how to segue into the next question. I'm just going to go right for it. So, so again, thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this. Roxy, it's great. Well, we're not done. We're, we have way more to go. But <laughs> but thank you. Um, so in the in the questionnaire that I sent you, one of the things that really struck out to me that, and then kind of stuck out for me is when that you mentioned you married your first boyfriend at 23 and the reason why you married him is because you feared that nobody would want you mm -hmm. and I remember reading that and I just read it right now before I kind of did the questions I'm asking you now and as I was reading it I was like oh my god this is me like start, mm -hmm. like I will cling on to anybody that pays me any kind of attention because I'm like I want to be wanted I want to be loved because I'm disabled, nobody's going to want me to. Like, I felt that so hard when I read that in your questionnaire. Um, and I think so many disabled people have put themselves, have put ourselves in situations that are unsafe or unhealthy just so we could feel loved as a result of ableism. Can you kind of share with us, kind of, kind of walk us through, walk us through, <laughs> go through with us, like, the, what that was like in the whole kind of, like, the marriage, the breakup, all that stuff. And, how, right. and how disability, like, played a role in that for you. Yeah, well, you know, I I had a pretty rough childhood uh, with the surgeries and the, the rehabilitation and so on. You know what that's like. 
Um, and I was bullied a lot and didn't have a lot of friends. I was also like bloomer, so you know the glasses, the frizzy hair, the the acne, and the braces, and everything. I have a feeling that '90s Roxy would be so in right now. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Well, it wasn't in then. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't. I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, I like. I liked boys a lot, but they didn't like me back. Story of my life. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, so when um, my my ex husband started um, paying me uh, attention, I was like, okay, that's it. Like, that's the one. Uh, I've, you know, <laughs> I, I'm good for life. And um, because you know, that's that's a lot like the story that that we're told, and. Um, it, it's a bit like um, I was listening the other day to your review of uh, The Shape of Water. And you were saying exactly that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, we got married. Um, I was 23 and he was 26, I believe. And uh, I thought that, uh, you know, I was, I was good for life. I'd found my soulmate and so on. And uh, we had our first kid very um, quickly, um, and it was it was there were red flags, but I was like, ah, it's fine, you know, it's fine, it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> and um, but then yeah, things started getting progressively worse. Um, there was a lot of emotional abuse and f- uh, financial abuse mostly. Um, and then we had our second child and things just went to shit. Uh, but still then I was like convinced and that's all the internalized bullshit that I, that I gone through as a kid and, and as a teenager that I'd taken, you know, internalized and, and yeah. into this vicious internal voice. That kept telling me like you were good I enough was, that like like I wasn't going to find anything else anyway right oh that's the worst one I've heard I've heard that voice before it's worse yeah my, my internal voice is 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 a is a tyrant um I'm working on it therapy helps therapy is <laughs> great therapy is great uh, Talkspace sponsor me <laughs> yeah so yeah, and and it it reached a point where um, I remember sitting in my car and asking myself, I'm not sure why, but asking myself, is this what I want for the rest of my life? And the answer was a very clear no. So that's when I decided that I would try to get out. Um, at that point, I didn't have a steady job. I had no money. I had no social network. I barely even had an identity because all I did was was fun. take care of the kids. And, yeah, and, and fun after this yeah. guy who you wanted to love you because you were disabled and ableism, blah, blah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow, that's... Yeah. that's, that's I mean, I think, I think that what you're talking about is really common, but I think why it's important is because we don't hear it. We don't hear people say it, and we don't hear that ableism and internalized ableism and, you know, external ableism from other people are reasons why our relationships as disabled people can deteriorate, and we need to talk more about that. And, and not just deteriorate, because, I like, people will take advantage of us, yeah. and... They will, they'll do whatever they want because they figure, well, you know, they're not going to leave me because they're too desperate. So I can treat them like shit and do whatever I want. I can, I can, you know, uh, sit on my couch all day and play video games while they do everything and it's fine. Because I'm the able-bodied one. I'm the one that's, I'm the one that's going to, that they're going to love because they can't manage, like. So that's kind of what you were going through, and then you were also yeah. raising children with all children. Of these, like wow, with all these like feelings and this person. So you talk in your questionnaire. You mentioned 
and you mentioned just now financial abuse like yeah so, and that also struck me because so many disabled people go into friendships or any kind of relationship with with little to no money because being disabled is expensive and the governments don't care about us and never give us enough money mm-hmm. to, to live so yeah. um how like how did you did you go in giving him all your money because you thought if I give you your if I give you my money like if if we share everything and I give you give over my stuff you'll take care of me and then you'll love me and then no uh it was more uh, for me it was more like I had a lot of trouble finding a steady job after college um and um I just every everything that was coming in was going through like going for for groceries or, or um clothes for the kids yeah just so like i i had no savings like everything i had i just i had to put it in th- towards the family because like he was spending his own money like it was water, water and so. you, yeah and you yeah. had so that's that's tough like, yeah so you and then so you made it out which is great and yeah i'm glad for you that you were able to get out of there and so thank you so what advice would you would you offer for other disabled people who are like, oh my god, I found the one because he's able-bodied and like he's, you know, he's gonna he's gonna, I have to love him because he's like the perfect dude or he's the one that's gonna like save me because of his, he's able-bodied. Like, what would you tell somebody? What tips would you give them to to do before they jumped into a relationship like that? All right. Um, I want to tell everyone that they are worth love and respect. Uh, no matter if they are disabled or, or in any way that they don't fit like the, the, the box. Yeah. You know, because um, disability is not the only reason why some people have, you know, Low self-esteem. Totally, of course. Um, don't settle. Find, take the time to find someone or someone who will treat you with all the love and respect that you deserve as a person. And if they're not doing the work, move on. Because it's not worth it. Like... I remember as a teenager, like some people would say, oh, um, you're better off by yourself than in a bad relationship. And I remember not believing that. But like, I learned the, the, the you know, the hard way. So like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. To all the disabled listeners, I would say that I, and I, as I've gotten older, I would agree that I'm much happier by myself. Like, fuck. Oh, God. I don't want relationships. I want to have great sex with good people, and then, and then, and then, like the rest is whatever. I I I love relationships. I just don't want to live with anybody. Yeah, I really don't want to be. I like my alone time. I like my space. I like, and I think as a disabled person, it's important to not jump into relationships just because, so that we can show non-disabled people that we've like made it somewhere. I don't agree with. Yeah. That. Like Absolutely. I, I just Absolutely. don't think that that's healthy or safe. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, your experiences of somebody who who financially abused you and then like, and then emotionally abused you too. Like you, yeah. It, it's proof that like, don't do that if you can, listeners. Uh, yeah. So I want to move. I want to shift gears a little bit. And thanks for sharing all that. I want to sh- shift gears a little bit to talk about you one of the things that you also mentioned was that you're big into kink and i was reading going, i was reading through your <laughs> I was reading through your questionnaire and you you all of a sudden were like hey i'm i'm into bdsm and kink and i was like whoa that came out of nowhere so um let's get right into that tell me about and i i love kink and i think kink is great for disabled people to really find community Sometimes and sometimes not so much, but for you, it seems like it's been a really positive thing for you. Yeah. Can you tell me more about kink and how kink complements your disabled identity? Okay, so, well, I was a late bloomer, but I was I was a perv very early. 
<laughs> I, too. I, <laughs> I, um, I mostly discovered um, my my sexuality through um, erotic fan fiction. Oh my goodness! Huge, You're the biggest nerd geek. ever. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a huge geek. I'm a huge nerd. Like I own that for sure. So um, I would I read those stories for years and years. I still do. Um, um, and, um, yeah, so I did read some BDSM stories and there were, I was kind of fascinated with the, um, the power exchange and, um, like the, the, um, intellectual and, 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 and mental aspect of it. So when I, I, got separated I said you know what I am going to do the thing <laughs> so <laughs> I so I, I started by going to uh, call parties in BDSM dungeons just to meet people and uh, that actually worked really well for me um, I met some really amazing people uh, in the, the kink and poly community and, uh, and that's all that's how I got started into poly and, and kink. That sounds really like, and how were they when you like, did now did you disclose your disability right off the bat or was it something that you kind of At hit? first I did because I was really self-conscious about it and, and really like worried that, um, you know, like, okay, we, we're hitting it off now, but like as soon as, <laughs> if we get naked, like. When you see my atrophy like, leg, yeah. Yeah, and my my huge scars. Like, like, what are you going to say? And and the first reactions that I got were really like positive, like saying like, what matters is is like if there's chemistry and we like each other and and um, like we want to to explore the same things. So like whatever. And I had like I would say that my first lover, uh, who was my dom, uh, for a few months, he said something that really. Stuck with me, he said. All bodies are beautiful, so so that really helped me. And for a first experience, that was that was a really great one. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, we're still friends, so that's good. Yay! I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. And so, so aside from like your fears of people seeing your atrophied leg, which I have atrophied legs too. Don't worry. Yeah. So yeah. I, I know I I understand that fear. I have chicken legs for sure, and weird yeah. like hammer toes, and I guess I get it, but like. <laughs> So how did, how, when you were in those kink spaces, like, how did your disability manifest? Because you mentioned earlier, like, when you get nervous, when you get excited, you're like, as we all know, when you have CP, or, uh, well, as we know, not everybody listening, but as we know, when you have CP, like, everything is heightened when you have any kind of emotion. So how did your, like, was your limp worse when you were excited? Was your... Probably. I mean, I, I can't really see myself, but probably... Um, yeah, so I get, I get really nervous. I kind of don't, you know, if I want to play, especially as a bottom, like, and I want to take off, like, I don't know, my, my dress and, and moves. I like to wear, like, I have high, high boots, which are really good because they, they mostly hide, like, the atrophied muscles. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's. You know, it, it and it goes back to what I've been saying in the beginning. Like I, I just I keep trying to hide it. You yeah, know. Yeah, and I mean that 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 narrative is really strong. Even for me, as somebody who's like a wheelchair user and very like marked markedly disabled, mm -hmm. the, the the initial desire to hide it, even when I'm like owning it and and I'm aware of my of myself as a disabled person, like, there is a, a, always a brief moment of, like, I gotta make this look not so disabled, I can't like that disabled, I can't be that, <laughs> like, so I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, I, I, I've been realizing that it's, it's always, like, in the back of my mind, and it's, um, it's been really affecting my mental health, so, um, it's, I've been trying to, well, just sitting with it uh, has been helping. Realizing that this is something that that this is a narrative, a story that I'm telling myself over and over and over, 
and trying to catch it and stop myself. So, I would offer that your disability is something you can, is something that will, and it's going to sound so cheesy as I'm about to say it, but it's something that will really enrich your life and it will enrich your sex life. And once you start owning that as part of your sex life, it will make things, will make you in the, you in the boots that much more sexy because you won't, it won't, they won't be something for you to hide but your the gate you have as a as somebody with CP in the boots will be that much sexier because that will become part of that scene, and I think that's something you should explore. You are an amazing, beautiful person. <laughs> I well, I I just keep picturing you in the boots because I've worn those boots. I did it. Yeah. I, I did drag years and years ago and my, mm-hmm. one, of, one of my friends was like hey do you want to try my like we called them hooker boots at the time do you want to try my hooker boots and so i said sure and we put them on my little spindly legs and i'm sitting in my wheelchair so they don't have, obviously have the same effect but i remember feeling just like you did like oh good they're gonna hide my like my like oh. atrophy and then as i'm going in as i'm wheeling like myself onto stage to do the drag one of the boots fell off <laughs> and so people saw my atrophy leg and at that point I was like fuck it I don't care I'll do the I'll do the I'll do the the thing um and I just think for kink spaces for you to own that is a really important thing because kink tends to be what like so able that you owning that will allow for them to change the way they think of these spaces and you saying, yeah, I'm disabled and I'm, I'm kinky and I'm poly and I'm proud of all these identities. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. I'm saying the next time you put on those boots and you're like, and you hear the voice that's like, oh, no, I can't wear them. You can like stop and be like, actually, it's okay because it will accentuate the fact that I'm disabled and fucking hot. That's amazing. I, that. And, you know, I've actually had some really amazing scenes where, where I did take off the boots. Uh, for example, once I had someone suspended me, which was um, absolutely amazing. Wow. And uh, um, he asked if I could um, take off my, my boots, and I was, I was really hesitating, but then I did. And it was, it was a really amazing experience. And, like, once you're into that rope space, that fuzzy head space, like, you don't... I didn't care. No, I didn't care. Because you're like... You're, no... I've never been suspended, but I all of a sudden really want to be. Uh, it is amazing. I recommend <laughs> it to everybody. Is like, it like, amazing? I, I'm curious because I have spasms and I like I get, I have the the moral response where I get really scared really fast and I'll jump a lot of the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Is that like when you're suspended in the air? And I'm just genuinely asking you when you're suspended in the air. Are you, do you have those responses? Do you go spastic and get scared, or is well, for me, um, he knew, we, we talked a lot before it happened, and he knew I was a first-timer, so he went really easy on me, and he tied, like, a, a really secure harness around my hips and around my chest, and he just sort of had me sort of, he, uh, the way that he pulled on the ropes, he sort of just sort of tilted me so I was... Um, sort of uh, parallel to the ground and then he's very slowly he sort of lifted my legs a bit uh, over over my head but he went really easy on me and I just kind of really just went into that that fuzzy headspace and I felt extremely relaxed Uh, I I didn't tense I didn't jump I didn't have any of those spasm I was just sort of kind of high and because i would have had like a million spasms and i would have been maybe yeah super like because my cp manifests and then i'm like super like oh my god it's gonna be this oh no 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 and so like i would have been freaking out but i would have also loved it because then my lover would have to grab me and hold me which would make me feel great so (laughs) anyone who wants to suspend me and then hold me as i get afraid let me know we'll talk about it oh Um, yeah i mean and if if I ever find a partner who's into rigging and wants to suspend me and then fuck me. <laughs> I <Well>, want that. <laughs> that's amazing. That, yes. 
Um, yes. So that's one of the ways the kink has been really positive for you, which is great, and it sounds like it's brought you community. Mm-hmm. Now let's look on the flip side of that. How has how do you, how has the kink community been tough for you to manage disability? Like how like how have the poly and kink communities been a difficult place for you to be disabled in? Other other than your own internalized fears about disability. Well, I have to tell you, um, if Montreal were a person, I would be in love with it. Um, Montreal is an amazing city. And the people in it are amazing. The communities are amazing. I have well-traveled friends who are like, I... Montreal is is the best city in the world. I'm moving here and I'm not moving anywhere else. Like... The thing is, it is um, it is a very old city. Yeah, a lot of very old buildings, and it's not accessible. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's an issue, and like even for someone like me who who is not a wheelchair user, um, I have arthritis uh, in my knees. So climbing a lot of stairs when it's cold, like tonight. Um, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, to go up and so, down like those dungeon, all those places are like up and down a bunch of stairs. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, well, one of my favorites, my favorite dungeon, uh, has just a couple of stairs uh, to to get in, and it doesn't have like multiple floors. So that that one is is a good one. Unfortunately for a wheelchair user, the entryway is so small, and just those two steps that would be a nightmare. So yeah, I know most most places in most like most like dungeon places are really not accessible to any wheelchair no. user because no. it's one little tiny door, it's a bunch of steps, and they're usually in older spots. So it's it's yeah tough to like manage all that. Um, mm. What advice would you give to to uh, kink spaces that want to be more accessible to disabled people that don't know how, or like have never considered that before? Um, like get rid of, of of stairs and steps. Like try to you know make a ramp. And and you know what? Those ramps they 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 don't only benefit wheelchair users. Like oh, everyone, no, they everyone. So, um, that's that's very important. Even munches, like the munch that I've been attending regularly this fall, it's like top floor of a pub. But like, forget it for for wheelchair users. Like, you can't go up there. No, there's no like, there's no way that I could ever attend that kind of munch. I would say to to people that are having munches. Like have, have a a good Skype connection so that if somebody can't actually be there, they can like go on a camera and talk to the people in the room. Like, it doesn't. That's a brilliant idea. I hadn't thought of that. Like, uh, the way we have technology in twenty eighteen means that kink spaces could be totally technological and not. I would never have to like. Yes, obviously I want to be there in person because I want to like be sexualized positively and I want to be mm-hmm. sexualized as a disabled kingster. Um, mm-hmm. But if in the event like tonight it's cold and it's winter and I can't be there, but I want to be included, I could still do that. Absolutely, um, Montreal girl, if you're hearing this, hello. Hey, <laughs> she's the she's the one who plans the that month. So hey, Montreal girl, if you're, I'll make sure you're hearing this. Uh, <laughs> but if you're hearing this, be in touch with me. We'll figure it out. I'll help you. Um, oh, that's brilliant. I. What did I? So, so you've been talking out my praises for the last like half an hour about how great the show is, which is like boggling my mind. Because <laughs> what? So, like one of the ways, the the f- very first way we connected is that I get an email from you. It's like, hey, I'm a listener. Just want to say your shows really helped me, and I'm always floored when I get emails like this. Because what the fuck? I just do my little thing, and like nobody pays attention to me. It's fine. So when I got your email, I was like, whoa, this is really important, and you mentioned all the ways that this show has helped you um and i just wanted you to kind of kind of elaborate on that and tell me how the show's helped you and how you think 
and where you li- I'd love to hear from a listener and a fan where you'd like the show to go and some ideas you've had and I just I'd love to hear because we I never hear so I'd love to I'd love to pick your brain as a, to, to keep the show going well okay so so what happened was I heard you you were a guest on a couple of podcasts that I listened to I think it might have been life on the swing set yep and uh, was it maybe multi amory yep okay there you go and I was like oh I should I should, uh, I should uh, check that out and the funny thing is I saw something about your your sex toy thing research a few months before that and I actually donated money towards your your project oh well thank you <laughs> welcome I think it's awesome I love my toys so. <laughs> that's great <laughs> so yeah I think everybody should have access to toys they can use yes so, they should um, so yeah so I um so I was listening to those shows, and I was listening to you as a guest, and I thought, oh, I should check out that that um, that show of his. So uh, maybe three weeks ago, I did, and I decided to. You've been only a listener for <laughs> three weeks or so, yeah. What? Oh goodness! Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so- wow. So yeah, and I, I I started listening, and I was like, okay, I should I should support this. So I became a patron on Patreon, and I, I got into the the special feed, and I started listening to all the episodes from from I think it's about thirty or so, the first one. Wow. And 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 it kind of blew my mind because I, I, you were talking to to your guests and. They're they're kept having like there were little sentences and stuff that made me go like, oh hey, I'm like that too. I feel like that too. And oh, okay, that's I'm like I'm not the only one who feels that way. That's that's okay. And I I sort of started realizing that I'd. Like I was saying earlier, that I spent my life denying that part of my identity, and uh, that was actually um, causing a lot of my mental health issues because I struggle with um, depression and anxiety. And uh, yeah, that that internal internalized ableism is where that that voice you know that mean little voice that tyrant internal tyrant comes from and and realizing where the voice comes from is is has been um amazingly helpful in 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 trying to to quiet it it's it's not gone obviously but yeah it's never gone it's never gone but it's been so much easier because, like, I would, and my my dear dear partners would confirm it. Um, I I sometimes I would panic if they they wouldn't text me like or respond to a text that oh my in God, a few the days story or something. Of my life. The like, story of my relationship life with anybody is like, why aren't you texting me all the time? Why aren't you constantly waiting for me to text you? Why not? Yeah. You haven't texted me four days. Like, you, you don't love me anymore. You, We're like... you haven't texted me for 20 minutes. You must hate me. Okay, well, I, maybe not 20 minutes, but, like, the last time it was four days and my poor poor partner um, had to deal with my panic attack. But um, he was wonderful um, and patient. And thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Oh, so um, cute. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, realizing that, um, no, like, if he hasn't texted in four days, it's, like, he has a life and, and other things, and it's not because he doesn't care about me, it's because... Um, Internalized ableism is a bitch. Yes, that's, like, I'm making these these things up and uh 
I'm making, I'm, I'm actually making myself panic, you know, it's, it's, it's really like, all, all, quote unquote, all in my head that I'm just making these stories and, and, and these scenarios and it, it has no ba basis in reality. Yeah. So just, it's been really helpful. I, I, I haven't actually panicked since I started listening to your show. Wow. Um, that's amazing. I feel like... No. I don't want to applaud myself, but but I I am so so touched that again my show has meant so much to you and has I mean obviously now I have to keep going forever because I need to make I just, <laughs> like obviously I now have to do a ton more shows um but that's just that's so nice and I really appreciate that you're a listener and and wow um d so. <laughs> I want to talk to you. You mentioned that you're doing therapy, which I think is great, and we all should. But therapy can often be super inaccessible to a lot of us and super yes. ableisty to a lot of us. And I did it for a while, but it didn't work for me because I was dealing with therapists who were not disabled and didn't. I would have to teach them for the whole hour. And then I was like, well, why am I paying you if I'm teaching you? So. Like for you, the experience of going to therapy and talking about all this stuff—like, have you, have you brought up ableism with your therapist? Have you brought up like all these things, or is it something you? Is that tough for you to do? Um. Well, first off, I I absolutely recognize that I I have a huge privilege in the fact that I have a full-time job and I I have benefits and I can afford therapy. Um, which is huge, and I do recognize that a lot of disabled people do not have that privilege. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, I, well, I, I feel like a broken record. Um, I, like, I've only just realized that I've been... Like, a lot of my depression and anxiety is because I'm trying to be someone that I'm not. So I haven't... It's not something that I've brought up in therapy yet. And I definitely want to now. Awesome. Mm. Uh, I just thought of something when you were talking. So, so, and I, I want to kind of move you back to the sexy space for a minute. Or the, <laughs> the sexy, sure, sure, let's go there. Uh, the sexualized space for a minute. So you spent your life trying to be not disabled so when you're in a sexual space with somebody and you're having like a, a, a cp moment like that you're trying to hide how are you trying to hide it like are you changing the way you stand are you changing what how you act are you like how do you how would you hide your cp from a prospective partner a lot of the time the way that it manifests is that my leg will start shaking <laughs> mine too <laughs> so, um, most of the time, I would either pass it off as nerves, which is like half a lie, or, um, well, like I discovered that I'm uh, multi orgasmic. And oh, yeah, uh, I we were going to talk about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go there. Oh, oh, it's happening. So, um, so when I discovered that, I, 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 then I realized that, um, after that I couldn't stand up because then my leg would start shaking. I couldn't like put any weight on my leg because like it was shaking like my head. And I, so, um, and <laughs> so basically it, it kind of, it kind of passes off as, oh, like, I'm just like, I just came so hard and so much that I can't stand up. <laughs> Which, it, which it, I'm sure makes your partners feel amazing. Oh my gosh, um, yes, like they, they, as if they need the ego boost, <laughs> right? If my, but, if one of my lovers said to me, "I can't stand up because I just came so hard because of what we just did," I, I would be like, "That's the greatest thing I've ever heard." Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. I'm sure that they're very proud of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but yeah, lot, uh, part of it is is definitely CP. Yeah, sorry, sorry, my dears, I still love you. 
I love how throughout this whole conversation, Roxy's having a conversation with her lovers on, on the asides. It's my favorite. It's so good. I'm absolutely going to listen to this. Like, as soon as it's on the air, like, I am giving them the link, like, listen to this. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So, I'm just trying to think of anything else I want to ask you. So, tell just briefly... Tell me about kind of being uh, a single mom with disabilities. Like, how, how do you talk to your kids about you being disabled? Or is that something you, because I'm now realizing that it's a new identity that you're kind of yeah. c- coming into, which is so fascinating for me because when, ever since I was young, like, my disability has been a part of my experience. So it's so interesting for, for me to hear somebody at 33 be like, Oh, I'm just really I'm just figuring out that this is part of my identity. So like, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like, oh goodness, you should have known way earlier. I'm saying it's really interesting to be at at that point in your life and have disability, have a disability that you've had your whole life now become something you want to embrace. Um, so, I guess y- you haven't really talked to your kids about it then. No, and and the way I see it is a bit like. You know, there's people out there who who realize and or embrace their queer identity later in life, and they struggle with it. Uh, for me, um, embracing my queer identity and and my my poly identity, because for me, I I it's a I see it as more of an identity than a choice. Um, yeah, and it is totally an identity, and I agree with you there. I, I do know, like, I do know people who say, like, for me, being poly is a choice. Because I could be poly, or I could be mono, and I could be happy. Yeah. But for me, it's a choice. But for me, like, uh, like for sure that it's it's been... I always had, you know, multiple crushes, and I, I, I fell in love with a colleague, you know, even before my, my when I was married, before my, my marriage went to shit, and and I, 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 I was aware of it, and I remember writing on in my journal. I said, I feel like I have too much love in my heart for just one person, which is a very poly. Oh, it's, it's like, yeah, that's what I hear from poly communities all the time. Is that I love everybody right away. So. Um, but anyway, I, I, nothing happened with this person because I wanted to respect the 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 engagement that I was in with my husband then. But um, anyway, so for me, like these identities didn't they weren't difficult to accept. But the disabled one, that's yeah. I think I don't know. Like, why was it harder? Why is it harder than the others? I'm not sure because. It's not more or less accessible than, like, not not accessible but acceptable than the others. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. It's. I would say it's harder because the minute you say you're disabled, there's there's this stigma that is immediately attached to that identity, even if you are somebody who is proud of that identity. If that's something you really really you you accept in yourself, the minute you put that out in the world, somebody puts puts ideas about that identity onto you. And so you can say, oh, I'm poly and I'm like sexy and that's my thing and this is who I am. And Because we're comfortable around sex more than we are around disability because disability means disenfranchised. Disability means you're less than disability. Me- I mean, it doesn't mean all that, but this is what people think. That, it right. that, that you're less than, that you're, that you are you know, that you're a sad, tragic individual. Um, and so how dare you you admit that because nobody wants... That's why we see so many things in the disability community that don't use the word disability, that don't use the word disabled. Right. They'll say things right. like, oh, I'm enabled, not disabled. And it's like, well, no, but you're still disabled. Just be disabled. It's all right. So like, Yeah, and the thing is, and I think one of your guests said it once... Um, it's not. It's 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 society that makes us disabled. The way that that the world is made that makes us disabled. So, like, because the world is not accessible to us. Yeah, yeah. So, like, don't tell me anything about like 
being differently abled or anything like I have a twin sister, right? And I have things that she can do that I cannot do. I am not differently able. Like there's nothing that I can do that she can't. So look, don't don't tell me that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's so funny because I have I have a friend of mine who identifies as differently able, and I mean, I I accept it because that's her chosen word for herself, and I'm not gonna take that from her. And I think she's she's a great activist in Toronto. Um, but I don't even know where we were going with this. But um, I forget what the line of questioning was. Well, your your friend uses that term, but you you don't. So I I imagine you have there's a reason why. Yeah, no, you I, choose. I don't. I mean, I don't because I think owning the fact that I'm disabled is powerful. Um, for her, it was, and I I want to have her on the show. So Leslie, if you're listening, come on the show. Um, uh, for her it was, and she's talked about this, about how it was a moment of like, she had, she acquired her disability in a different way, so she had to learn to do things differently, and when she, ex- mm-hmm. when she explains it, I actually totally accept the terminology of differently abled without it being, like, I don't get offended, because I'm like, wow, the way you've explained that, I totally see what you've said, and mm-hmm. I, I get it, um, I don't know what I was segueing into, but that's, that's cool. No, that I think well, that's totally legit. And I like what I just said. It doesn't apply to anybody else than than me. Like because for me, hearing that word, uh, obviously, I will compare compare myself to my sister. And if I were differently abled, then like there would be things that. I would be able to do that she wouldn't be, but that's not the case. Like, that's the way that I see it for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I ran out of main questions, and I want to ask you, like, I want to spend, like, I want to spend some time for the Patreon listeners getting to tell me some sexy stories. So before we do that (laughs) for my Patreon listeners at any level, um... How can the listeners of this episode, this one right now, how can they get a hold of you? Can they follow your work? Um, uh, I don't. I'm not online all that much, to be honest. I like I have a full time day job and kids and social life and all that. So like I don't. I used to have a blog on Tumblr, but Tumblr is kind of going to Tumblr shit. Tumblr is falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you could still find me there on under musings of a shipper. Amazing. Um, I'm also on FetLife under Miss Roxy Hart. That's R O X I E H A R T, like uh, Chicago. I, I was just gonna say Chicago is <laughs> awesome. Yes, but um, please, uh, if you're going to send me a message on FetLife, please uh, write uh, Disability After Dark or something on the on the subject line, because I do get messages from, from you know, random dude bros, and I will, may, like, I wouldn't want to ignore your messages. Um. <laughs> 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 so... Um, like I'm not on on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Um, I you know oh. given that you given that your that disability is an identity that you're kind of coming coming out with and learning about. I would highly recommend getting a Twitter and yeah. connecting with the disability community there because yeah. I can guarantee you you'll find community there just through the hashtag disability. It will change your. I'm quite serious in telling you it'll change your life. So okay, I will, and I will give you my my uh, Twitter name, and you could add it to the show notes. Is that I, a good thing? Yeah, I can totally. I'll totally add it to the show notes from when this one comes out, which will probably be the middle of January. But the audience doesn't want to hear okay. all this. The audience doesn't want to hear all this. So, Roxy, yeah. it was an amazing, really fun, really like easy conversation, and thank you for being so open and sharing your experiences of disability um, and sexuality and polyness and all the things. And just so, like, I'm so glad that this show has helped you, help you, has helped you grow into your 
to save the identity, and I'm just so I'm so full of happiness about that. I'm I'm amazed. It's been wonderful talking to you. I'm just so glad that I found your show and that I get to 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 talk to you this evening. It's just really great. That was awesome. Okay, so we're gonna do what we're gonna do. A, we're gonna I'm gonna hang up this one, or I'm gonna come back, and we're gonna do a Patreon. Special 10 minutes of sexy disability Yay, king stories. Um, all right, Roxy. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye. I love having guests like that on the show, and I love just having real and honest conversations with somebody where we can just be ourselves. And I think it's so important to have two disabled people in a space, digital or otherwise, talking about sex. And that's what this interview felt like it felt like sitting down with a really good friend just chatting about stuff and learning about their experiences and if you listen in the interview there's a lot of me kind of just being quiet and listening and it's I love just when I there's so many moments during that interview where I wanted to interject but I was also like shut up Andrew just listen it's just nice to sit and listen to somebody tell their story and I can't thank Roxy enough for being vulnerable with us and sharing all that stuff it's an important thing to hear and the discussion around internalized ableism and romance and wanting to be loved and wanting to feel wanted and the things we do to get that is really important and really valuable I think for a lot of us with disabilities to consider how how the ways in which we've done that I have certainly done that many times um, so it was a great interview to have if you want to be a guest on the show or have a story or want to write a Minnesota or want to be involved in any way email the show at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. It's these conversations with guests about their sexuality and their disabilities that keep this show alive and keep this show going strong. Also, hey, we were number one the other day on iTunes Canada for like two hours. That was a big freaking deal. So it's conversations like that that keep this show going and keep this show, keep this show in the interest of everyone. So thank you so much for... For all of all of you for listening and for being a part. Uh, but that's that's the episode and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Alright, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm of course your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing, you help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities, so I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Sujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019.